0: Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. You're listening to Podcast Winterfell. Welcome back, everyone, to Podcast Winterfell. My name is Axel. Podcast Winterfell is a part of the DVR Podcasting Network. You can check us out at DVRPodcast.com. I'm doing the initial reaction solo. Keith was uh, indisposed, as they say, so I'm going to jump on the mic. I'm going to take this myself. Probably won't be as long, but I'm still going to go through the episode and uh, give you my thoughts on it. Before we start, I do want to give a special thank you to two people. I want to thank Henry on uh, Facebook, and I want to thank Patrick on Twitter for always retweeting us, sharing, commenting, commenting. Uh, Always be in there for us. And you know what? We really appreciate it. Not everyone can be a patron. Not everyone has disposable income. Um, But just sharing the podcast, giving us an iTunes review, it helps spread the word. It helps build this dream. You know what I'm saying? We want to do this 24-7. We want to be full-time independent podcasters. And we can do that with your help. Uh, But in the meantime, we can at least pay for the things that uh, make it a better podcast and put that time towards it. So anyway, let's get on to the show. Spoils of War, Season 7, Episode 4, written by Dan and Dave, directed by Matt Shakeman. Holy motherfucking shit. All right, listen, my legs are so tired right now. Um, I'm still jazzed. Uh, It was an amazing episode. I feel like we have seen out of the four episodes, three out of the four felt like a, they gave us like a finale at the end, a season finale. Um, I'm just like inspired and amazing. This episode for me, this was a really special episode. And I see a lot of people saying stuff like that. And, you know, it just had everything in it. It had the history. It had the lore. It had the love. It had the friendships, the family, the action, the dragons, the fire, the ice. It was a the white walkers were the only thing missing. They're holding on to them. Have you noticed that? No white walkers yet this season. Um, It was just, it was such a complete episode. Uh, Let's start out. Okay, so we open on Braun and Jamie leaving Highgarden. They talk of the gold and what's next. Love seeing Braun and Jamie, two buddies. I like that they start this episode out on a calmer note. After the battle that took place in the um, previous episode, uh, we get a little bit of, okay, the fighting's over. What are we going to do? Uh, Braun, uh, I I'm, I really think Braun is from Brooklyn. I'm just going to say, I mean, that dude, wherever he's from, it's like Brooklyn, it's New York. It's something it, maybe it's Shaolin. I don't know. He is just always standing up for himself. And I absolutely love that. Hey, check it out. You're going to have to put up with me taking a sip of water every once in a while, if I'm doing the podcast by myself, but I'll try to do it away from the mic. Um yeah, just uh I love the way Braun always sticks up for himself. I love that even though they won this big battle and there's like a woman with dragons coming <laughs> and like, you know, all this all Euron's on the scene. But Braun's still just like, yo, where's my castle, Holmes? You said I was getting a castle. I just love that about him. Um so now this was an interesting scene because they kind of send Braun off. Uh, with the Tarleys. And it gives you the impression. It was awkward to me. Because it gives you the impression. That we're not going to see them again. Um, but there has to be a reason for that. They went somewhere. Did something. So I'm just holding on to that. Then we go to Cersei. And the Iron Banker. Um, this great scene. Establishing again. Cersei like her father. She's getting it done. She wants to unite everything together, uh restating her uh cause and um setting also up the idea that she doesn't just have um the uh the fleet uh of Euron, I should say. But she's now gonna have her own troops similar to the way Stannis did. She also mentions a group, which I can't remember right now um hmm i you know a book reader would probably know tweet at me uh but she mentions like a kind of a group. She says someone's already talking to them, right, or they fought well so is this from the books, or do people know is this some great warriors that she's getting? Um, We then go over to Littlefinger, and he's giving uh, Bran, not Braun, Bran, uh, the knife, the dagger that was used to almost kill him, and which also sliced uh, Catelyn. Um, Bran is definitely gone, and uh, this episode really establishes that. And I wonder if they're setting us up for the overall desire for brand to come back to be himself again um or is it a lost cause i wonder if that's going to be something they they kind of take us through you know are we looking for that triumphant scene in the finale where brand finally smiles or kind of awakens again i don't think so um but It's really, he's doing great. The acting is great. Just everybody is just stepping up. I just feel it. Um, Importantly, he repeats Littlefinger's most famous line, chaos is a ladder. Littlefinger's bugged out. Littlefinger's doing a lot of bugged out this episode. I gotta say, but he's picking up information. In every scene, he's picking up information. Do not sleep on the Littlefinger. I may have slept on him. I am awake now. I see in this episode, he's picking up information. Something's going on. He's writing letters. Uh, okay. So Littlefinger leaves the room. Mira comes in, reiterates what I just spoke about, which is that bronze really gone. Uh, she says she's leaving. Are we finally going to see her daddy? Howlin Reed is, is he finally going to appear? Uh, is that what this might give us? I'm wondering why. Why does she need to leave? Just stick around. She wants to be with her family when they come. Her family? Yeah. Uh, But a great scene between them where she expresses what a lot of us were expressing last week, which is your humanity is gone and, and Bran knows it. Now we see Arya overlooking a fantastic shot of our home, Castle Winterfell. The guards won't let her in. I was surprised she just walked up as Arya. I have to admit that. I just didn't think she was going to do that. Um, I thought that she would have been more cautious than that, but she does it and they get, and we get a good scene out of it. Um, the guards won't let her in. She dis- They do let her in. Then she does the old, well, what if it is, you know, she disappears. They notify Sansa. Sansa knows where she is. Sansa meets her in the crypt under Ned's tomb now this is a similar uh situation to to Bran. Uh Sansa is really after all she's been through she's seeing how much her brother and sister have been through and then how, what Jon has been through it's just it's uh i mean to just put yourself in that situation if that was you and and all of all what all of what has happened to Sansa just to process that and then to try to have these great reunions with your family that are so bittersweet because of all you've been through and under you know Ned's watchful eye, it was a touching scene. This this reunion grabbed me where the others didn't. Um and that is because I'm gonna say it now Arya wow wow Stole this episode, in my opinion. Danny had the dragons, but all Arya needed was herself. I mean, the acting, the, the writing of her character in this episode, it was amazing. And in this particular scene, I was really just all of a sudden, it just hit me. I was like, I just want to always see what's happening to her. And last season, I was not like that. I just didn't, you know... Those of you who have listened previously um, may know that I was not a big fan of that storyline. I just felt it was disjointed, and especially when she got stabbed, you know, but I I forgave it and I said, you know what, I'm going to get into her this season. And I really have, Um, and I just, and she's gotten me into it. It was just, it was really great the way that she went and hugged her. Because when Sansa first hugged her, she just put her, had her arms down. And then when she, at the end there, she went and hugged her. And that was really meaningful. Um, Arya and Sansa then go and meet Bran at the Weirwood. Because you know Bran. You know, I'm always like. When I need some shit, brand has got the weed, yo. I'm rolling blunts. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking gravity bongs with him. I really like him. Uh brand is just always hitting the weed, man. He's always at that tree. And I love it. It's a beautiful shot. And it's just keeps on establishing him. He's not brand anymore. I should just start calling him the three eyed Raven because that's what he calls himself. Um Bran gives Arya the blade and when he does it, he has quite a reaction. You know, both of his, he gives it to her and then both of his hands kind of move almost as if he had seen this happen or the blade itself. There's some history. There was just something more or she's going to do something with it that he knows is meaningful or he himself had quit. it's, this is going to be hard to explain, but it's almost as if when he gave it to her, he was outside of himself at the same time that he was within himself. And as this is the kind of character that the three eyed Raven has become, um, maybe you will understand that. So the Arya brand reunion too. Um, he had a little hug for her. It was kind of weird to see the two weirdos hugging now, you know, it's like, we could kind of empathize. See how I kind of, I, I also went over it because we could kind of empathize more when it was Sansa because we can be her and feel that emotion. But when it's the two who have lost their emotion, it was muted, but it was respectful. I thought it was interesting. Um, okay. Then Littlefinger, Pod and Brianne, uh Brianne, I'm sorry, watch the three Starks together, kind of walk, Pod, um, Reminds Brienne that she has upheld her oath. And she says, well, I didn't do much for it. It was a nice scene. But Littlefinger again. Littlefinger's watching. We then cut to Dragonstone. Masande and Danny talk about Grey Worm's prowess. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Grey Worm has a wang. Okay? I don't want to get into it, but he has a wang. Um, they meet John at the beach. This scene... Was awesome. John and Danny go into the Dragonstone mine and they see crazy ass etchings, drawings of White Walkers. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, It looks so real. Uh, I've been playing through The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, maybe one of the top five video games of all time. And in it, you like hit and you get like luminous stones and stuff. And this reminded me of that. I almost wanted to wake my son up, but he's four. He shouldn't be watching this shit. So this scene was just fantastic. I thought it was done so well. Uh, the cinematography was great. John walking through with the torch. the Like the crevasse. I said that. I wanted to say crevice, but I said crevasse. Because I, I, I know a little bit about spelunking. Anyway, it was great. The top-down shot and they keep on going deeper first you get the reveal of the Dragon Glass. then you get the reveal of the etchings then you get the reveal of the white walkers and as jinx pointed out on a twitter tonight that i saw and i was thinking when i was watching it you see those same symbols right um that kind of uh those circles right and the um uh, the the way that we've seen things like that in the original, in the first episode, when the White Walkers arrange the bodies at the, uh, what, the Fist of the First Men, at um, where the White Walker is made around the weirwood tree and where Bra- uh, Bran visits um, through the weirwood uh, network when he sees the White Walkers. So we're seeing these symbols again and again. Um, Jinx was saying that we're seeing both symbols of the first men and symbols of the children. I thought that was interesting. And though those book readers out there may, may recognize those. I'm interested in finding out more about that. I bet you history of Westeros is going to talk about that. Um, they have a nice little scene here, Danny and John sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Danny's like pursing the lips. John's looking like a little sensual brood going on. There was fire. There was heat coming off these two in this scene here. I saw it. It wasn't just a torch. Um, But again, she's got to bring it around to bend in the knee. And I thought when she said, um, when he said, but my men, he said, but you're their king. And if their king chooses... A queen. I thought she was going to say like, let's, let's unite then, you know, I mean, she did dump Dario 2.0 to find someone to join with. And it don't look like that's going to be Euron or uh, anyone else. We, some people had thought maybe Yara, she's gone um, for now. Um, so could it be John? Who knows, man? You know, Brand says uh, that he's got to talk to him, so we'll see what happens. But I love this scene. I thought it was a fantastic. They're ha- they're they're building this up. We are going to be talking about these scenes next season. We're going to be talking about these scenes in the off season, and I think they're strong. These what do we have? One, two, th- this is the this was like the third John and Danny scene where they were alone, uh, not alone, but really talking to each other, and I thought it was really fantastic. John and Danny exit to the news of the defeat at High Garden. Uh, Tyrion is standing there, kind of breaks down the news. Danny scolds Tyrion, and she's she's pissed off. You know, she's lost all her allies. Uh, Varys is kind of chilling, uh, and when she scolds <laughs> Tyrion in the background, Varys is not happy about it. He's kind of like mm, he just. I don't know. He, he does like an empathetic nod that his, that his buddy is getting kind of yelled at by mom. She asked John what to do. He goes back to saying, don't, if you go in there burning and killing people, you're just doing the same thing. And I like the way now they can remind each other of that. It helps in life to have a buddy, you know, a sponsor, John has now become like Danny's anger sponsor. They can, he's got that Targaryen in him too, but he's got the Stark, right? And I wish everybody would stop saying that he's not a Stark because he is a Stark. We don't know if they were married, whatever. But if this story teaches us anything is that let's not go with those conventions, you know, just because that was his dad's name Uh, or was was Rhaegar Targaryen doesn't mean that Jon's a Targaryen. It's interesting the way the fandom around this show uh, sometimes clings to the old staples that I guess George has put in the book and we saw in the beginning of the seasons, whereas the show and the book seem to be teaching us again and again, the lesson is to let go of these things to, 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 it's hard, but you, you have to do it. You know, and maybe even use and as is pointed out in the last episode, using the right language matters um, when they were talking about how the uh, the prince that was promised or what have you could be a, a man or a woman. Right. So just want to make that point. Um, Arya. Now we have this scene. Which made me cry. I'm not going to lie. Arya interrupts Pod and Brienne. We start with Brienne and Pod fighting at Winterfell, practicing, sparring. Then Brienne and Arya fight. And this was a ballet. It had so much meaning to both of them that these are two women fighting on the show. And as far as I can see, they're the best ones left. I mean, the Hound is left, but guess what? Both of them kind of beat the Hound, right, in a way. So, I mean, they're the two best warriors on this show. And Danny, as we see later, it it was beautiful. And Arya, again, just great acting, great direction, writing. It was really meaningful. And the fight itself was wonderful. And who was watching again? That little ass finger. Little finger's up there. And Sansa's looking worried. I saw someone on Twitter say... Um, in reference to the fact that they mentioned the list and then, you know, uh, three eyed Raven mentions the list to Sans is getting a little scared. Am I on that list? Uh, I wasn't too nice to her, <laughs> you know, uh, remember what happened by the river? Um, just a great scene. I had tears. It was, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to express right now. It really meant a lot to see the journey, uh, that Arya had gone on. Uh, Brienne as well. After that, um, we come to John and Davos speaking to Masande. They find a little bit about her history. And we find that where Misande's from, there is no marriage. So there's no idea of the bastard. Again, trying to show us, leave these things behind. You know, sometimes it's hard, but you got to do it. I loved it. I thought it was not that I'm against marriage, I'm married. But themes. Um I like that they went back they went back to Masande twice in this episode. It also reminds us of Where's Grey Worm, you know, building on their scene before. All of a sudden, a boat in the distance, the lone survivor of Euron's ra- tragic <laughs> victory Theon comes up onto the shore. Now I have to admit, I cannot remember whether John knows that I knew John was very mad at him. And then he says, if it wasn't for what you did for Sansa, I'd kill you right now. Right. I can't remember when John found out that Theon did not actually kill Bran and Rickon. Now I know that obviously He knows that he didn't. I can't remember. Basically, I can't remember if that's a part of what he was mad about. Maybe somebody on Twitter can or I'll I'll probably remember after I'm done with the podcast. But I was interested to see how they were going to react together. It's like so much has gone on that you just expect whoever Theon meets (laughs) that they're going to be pissed at him. So even though I accepted the reaction wholeheartedly and felt it, I knew as soon as he pulled up that John was going to be pissed at him, but it's almost like I couldn't quite remember. What is he, is it Rob? Was it Rob? It was just, it's probably everybody's going to say to me, Axel It's just everything because Theon has made so many mistakes. Um, Now this line was great setting up, the fantastic battle scene Theon says you know I've come to ask the queen to help me find my sister John says well she's not here then we cut again Braun and Jamie overlooking the Lannister Lannister and the, what the Tarly uh army um Randall comes up and says we've got a you know Smack the stragglers, and Jamie's like, "Come on, you know, maybe, maybe warn them first. Maybe like talk to them. Show Jamie's always got it. We're we're always getting hints, you know. Uh, now I hear DJ Tim Hines' voice in my head. He threw a kid out a window. I know DJ. You're right, but they are always trying to give us hints of Jamie's humanity, especially in the face of Cersei. So um, of course everyone." in the whole world is now just waiting for the dragons to appear. We hear whales hoots hollers got to be the Dothraki. I'm thinking, how did the Dothraki get there? Um, they, they said they had boats left. People are going to fight this out for the rest of the week. Y'all can tell me what I forgot, but I thought for a second, maybe it's just going to be the dragons. And they can kind of create this weird, like it's dragon noises or something. Uh, But it wasn't. It was a Dothraki. And goddamn, what a scene. I don't even know where to start. Um, Drogon, the way the fire just ejects from his mouth is what I think is those little touches. And uh, I said this on Twitter. You can see that they have spent this money. We're getting less episodes. I am not upset. I always want more episodes, but I do not feel in any way cheated like I could for getting this great show. But it's on there. And those little touches like that, that I don't know if it's been shown that way before. And it's perfect to kind of unveil this like new power, you know, at this battle force at which it was ejected people off the ground and burning them to sin. And just they kept on flashing back to Jamie being like, what the fuck, you know? And he's also with the one arm. I was worried about him, but then at the same time, I'm like, but he's trying to kill Danny. And then Tyrion's up on the hill. Who am I? It was so hard to figure out who to root for when Bron made his run to get to the dragon killer. I wanted him to get there, and then as soon as I was reminded that hey, the the, the Frocky, uh running after him, are per- trying to protect Danny. I don't want the and Drog- Drogon. I don't want Drogon getting shot. Oh, I I I was just, uh, I I I my emotions were crazy. My legs were pumping. I do that anyway, but it was just I was standing up. You know, my wife was. Like, oh. I was looking over at her. We were both like, oh. When the first dragon killer arrow goes up in the air and it hits Drogon, I was like, no, but then a part of me was like, okay, that means he can't kill Jamie or Braun. You know, not that I care about Dickon, by the way, I love it. Thank you. Jamie, when he heard Dick on, uh, what was that, last episode or two episodes ago, was just kind of like, oh, okay. Rick on, is it? Dick on? Oh, okay. Bron just starts laughing and they give you a nice fat close up. I love it. Okay, back to the show, back to the battle. Um, it was something we've been waiting for. We've talked about to have these, to have people we love fighting each other. This isn't Ramsey against John. Even Stannis against uh, Tyrion and King's Landing. You had Cersei in there, you know, but there just weren't people on this battlefield on the Lannister side that I wanted to dot. Maybe Randall. Um, I think it was. Who was it? Jack Columbus, I think, said, or was it Jon? Uh Wambacher said that they thought it, that was Randall Tarly. Who was taking off his helmet and trying to jump in the river? I'm not sure that was him, but uh, maybe it was just a man of his same size. Um, hey, it was cool when Dickon saved Jamie. Jamie's Jay, There's, what was there, two or three times when someone comes to the last minute and say chaos everywhere, but they always know where Jamie is. They got a little GPS on him or something, you know? Um, fantastic. When, right, when Drogon got hit, very scared. Good to see he's going to live. Danny lands. Tyrion is watching his brother. You stupid fuck. Don't do it. He goes. He tries to stab Danny, and someone, it's got to be Braun, right? Knocks him into the water. You get that nice shot like that of them kind of floating down through the water. Reminiscent of. A thousand films and television shows we've seen before, but have they done that in this show? I can't remember if we've seen that shot before, but it was, I'm thinking, did we see that with Arya once? I'm not sure. Anyway, great shot. Great shot to end on. What a fantastic battle scene. I've got to go watch it again. I'll definitely have more to say about it. DJ Tim Hines will be on the Wheels of Steel of Talk Shoe tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Hey, look, if you're listening to my voice and you're not on Twitter, go join Twitter. Just follow at Winterfell Pod because we're very active on Twitter. We take a lot of feedback from it and we tell you a lot of information. Sometimes we release episodes, just you can go stream them. We give the link on Twitter. Um also you're going to notice something we've got some new art. I want to give a shout out to Donald who did the original Winterfell art with Matt. Um and it was fantastic. Just time to change. It's not bad, it's just time to change and we had a, a I mean I'm just blown away by this art. It's it's just absolutely fantastic. I was on the Twitter and I saw um I saw some fantastic art and I said, Hey man, let me retweet this. And I retweeted it. Um, I think I followed the person. I think that they were, I say the person would, because I want to tell you who they are. Uh, it's a person named Dell Zamorta Z A M O O R T A on Twitter. Go follow what great art. And that's our new logo. It's going to be on the website. It's going to be everywhere. Everybody fucking loves it. The whole crew was ecstatic. And Dell, thank you so much. Just a fantastic job. Very talented artist. Uh, it just gets a lot of feeling. And um, I I put some some alternate versions and stuff on the Patreon uh, for our patrons. And uh, you're gonna see some more stuff popping up. I'll tweet it out. I tweeted one out tonight that he did with um with Danny, and it was time to get to work or, or let it begin what did she say see i can't remember um just man i'm frazzled i gotta admit it uh i'm talking here this was a lot of fun i miss solo uh we love you baby and um come back to us we'll be here on monday dj tim hines talk you you can just call in get that info on twitter you don't need to go on the talk shoe chat if you don't want to Mike, Donald, and Tracy will be back later this week with the book reader deep dive. We've got one or two special episodes planned that are going to drop. You know it. We're doing three to five episodes a week until this baby is over. Hey, I guess we're halfway through, right? Now, some people are going to say depending on episode length, but I think we're halfway through. It's been quite half of a season, and I am super excited. So thanks again for listening, and now I'm gonna tell you how you can get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to Podcast Winterfell. You can find the podcast at DVRpodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash DVR. You can email the podcast, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at Winterfell Pod and on Facebook podcast Winterfell.